This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I grew up uh, loving Abraham Lincoln. I could not help but love the nation's 16th president as my grandmother told me the stories of Lincoln's life. And uh, this was the particular book that she would talk to me out of, The Portrait Life of Lincoln, which was published in 1913 and owned by her father, my great-grandfather, Benjamin Franklin Hart, who actually served in the Union Army during the Civil War. And it's through these stories of Lincoln's life that uh, he came alive to me. Um, I love his wisdom. I love his teaching. I love his simplicity. I love the great sacrifice that he made. Um, and so I got uh, to, to uh, air this at my grandmother's passing, and along with a New York Herald clipping, April 15th, 1865, which talks about the assassination of the president. And I had that framed with, uh, with board uh, from a barn, and it hung for the longest time in the hallway of our home until Susan said, enough already. I grew up also loving Jesus Christ. I came to love him again through my grandmother and my mother. And there were these stories, portraits, not just one portrait, but four portraits of Jesus' life that's in the Bible. We call the Gospels. And if you want to know more about the life of Jesus, read the Gospels. Uh, you could read about the gospel in Matthew, which is written to prove, to demonstrate how that Jesus is the Messiah, the Emmanuel, the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Or you could read Mark, which doesn't assume that you have much religious or background biblical knowledge at all, that describes Jesus as a man of action. So if you're a down, get down to business kind of guy, read the gospel of Mark. If you like the gospel that emphasizes how Jesus reaches out to the misfits, to those who are on the outside looking in, then read the gospel of Luke. And then the gospel of John is written. That kind of crosses over any boundary, any cultural boundary, any religious boundary, because it is rich in metaphor. And it talks about how that when you read about this Jesus, you come to believe in his name and you have life through his name. Many of you are good students of the Bible. Many of you 
in this room have cut your teeth on the scriptures as a child. One of the things that we want to get better at is taking the knowledge that you have, and many of us have, onto the next generation. How many of you have younger adults or young children, grandchildren in your life that has hardly any knowledge of Jesus? No knowledge of the Scripture. Yeah, we all do. We have, coming in January, Jeff Fugit has put this together, getting started in the Bible. And you know, you and I, we can just go to our Sunday school class. We can sit in our study. We can talk about Jesus and same peoples right there all the time. Or, we might invite him to getting started in the Bible, which is a curriculum on Wednesday nights in January that's designed to help anyone find their way in the Bible that doesn't know anything about the Scripture. Hear what I'm talking about? Do you know that Sunday school started as an evangelistic tool in Great Britain? We have got to rediscover. we got to get out of our box we got to get out of our frame of reference and find new ways to invite people. We can invite somebody else, a grandchild, someone that's an adult person, to this, to this Bible, getting started in the Bible on Wednesday night. Do you know what I'm talking about? You see, we've got to get out of our frame of mind. We've got to get out of our reference, and we've got to get evangelical in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and we got to help people get started in the Bible we can't get locked into our own generation okay that wasn't what I was going to preach about today but you hear the passion of that I hope you do and so today what we're, we're talking about in the Gospel of John is the prologue of the Gospel of John that got started last week looking at Jesus Christ is the creator. There was never a time when Jesus didn't exist. He was in the beginning with the Father and the Spirit. And today what we're looking at is this great metaphor of light and darkness. That Jesus as the true light of God comes into a dark world. We looked at that scripture on the video. Now let's unpack it a little bit. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness hasn't put it out. The darkness hasn't extinguished the light. And so here's the light of God, Jesus, coming into a dark world. So we're going to talk today about light but first, we're going to talk about darkness. The darkness is real. I'm kind of grateful today that the weather is kind of dark and gloomy. You know, there's, there's days like that. This is a sad time of year for many people. Christmas is the best of times, but it's the worst of times. We got loved ones. We got people that are no longer with us. We lost a lot of folks. But 
the darkness that John is talking about here isn't that kind of darkness. It is a darkness that is defiant against God. It is a darkness that is standing in opposition to God. And Jesus talked a lot about the reality of this kind of darkness. This darkness is real. And Jesus said that people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. He also talked about how that if our souls, if the lamp of our soul is full of light, how great is that light? But if our soul our inner person is full of darkness. How great is that darkness? Jesus talked about the reality, did he not, of spiritual blindness. He healed a blind man in John 9. You can look it up. But he uses that miracle to demonstrate how that some of us can see physically. But we're blind spiritually. You and I are living in a world that is full of spiritual darkness. Don't you feel it? Don't you sense it? And the Apostle Paul speaks to this so vividly. Ephesians. Let's look at this passage, chapter 4. And so he says to these new believers, to these new followers of Jesus, he says, I love this, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles. Short version of Gentiles means as non-believers. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So what he's saying is, the, the, in the Greek, the word means walking in the futility. It's like walking in circles. And so people who are walking in darkness are walking in circles. We're walking in circles of darkness because we don't know any better, because of ignorance. Ignorance is not knowing that we don't know. There's many people that don't know the Lord. We don't hold that against them. There's a lot of people that just don't know the Lord. There's a lot of people They don't know the Lord. They don't have light in their life. And in darkness, in spiritual darkness, because of the hardness of our heart, we don't let him in. We don't let him under our skin. And in this walking around in futility of darkness, we, we get into patterns of thinking and negative thinking and behavior. And sometimes it's addictions. And so our life is defined by just going around in circles. That's the image that the Bible wants us to see. This darkness is real. I want to stop walking around in circles because I need to go to that spin class at the gym. Now, here's the deep, dark secret. There's a darkness in every one of us. There's a darkness even in us who are the children of light. There's a darkness in you, and there's a darkness in me. And that darkness is real. So what about you? What are you doing in facing the darkness of your own spirit? What do we do, church, to be real and authentic about the darkness that's inside of us? How do we get past the surface pretense of, man, I'm good, I'm fine? How do we get around some people where we can be honest? 
Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who suffered under the hands of the Nazis and was a Christian martyr during World War II, has this description of the church when he, he says that the, the church is a pious, it's the next one, brother. Yeah, thank you, Randy. The pious fellowship who permits no one to be a sinner. You see, uh, that's the church at its worst when we pretend that we all got our act together and there's no darkness in us. And Brennan Manning, who, who wrote in the later part of the 20th century that great book, The Ragmuffin Gospel, who struggled with addiction many times in his life, he, he says, as a sinner who has been redeemed, so he's someone that knows Jesus, I can acknowledge I am often unloving, irritable, angry, and resentful with those who are closest to me. I love the honesty of this Christian leader. Susan and I were talking recently about the reality that she and I love each other more than we love anybody else in the world. We really do. And yet we can be at our worst to each other. <laughs> Why is that true? Well, you might say, well, you live together 24-7. You might say, well, there is fatigue, there's stress. Yeah, but because there's still a darkness in us. And we just kind of marvel at that. And so, friends, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with the reality of darkness? Confession. I have learned to confess my sins in general to everyone. And I have learned to confess my sins in particular to a few. And I find that when I confess, when I am able to look at my darkness, when I'm able to identify it and name it, it begins to lose its power over me. And the light of Jesus Christ is like raising the blinds in the windows. It's like turning on the light switch. It's daring to let the true light, the light of Christ, shine in my life. And as I do that and I live that way, I begin to change and be transformed. I don't have to be afraid of the darkness. I don't have to run away and hide from God because I know that the light of God is truly my friend. And the light of God has come to shine in my darkness and transform me and make me a new person. And so we read on in Scripture where there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about that light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. That's talking about John the Baptist, how that John the Baptist wasn't the light. He wasn't the true light, but he came to bear witness to the light. John wasn't perfect. You and I aren't perfect. We don't have to be perfect to be witnesses of the light. But we are talking about the true light that is perfect. Jesus Christ is perfect. Jesus Christ is the pure, full image of God. And we point to him. We learn to be a witness of him. And as Jesus' light grows in us, we begin to let that light shine through us in everyday kind of life. I love the story that... Uh, uh, Pat Dyson tells about going to a supermarket down in Texas. And it's a hot day in Texas, and she parks her car real close to the front of the store. 
And as she gets out of her car, there's this young guy that barrels up in his pickup truck, and he yells at her, Lady, pull your car back to your parking space so I can pull in. She doesn't know what to do about this, but she gets in her car, and she pulls her car back. And he pulls in, grabs his toddler kid out of the pickup, and runs into the supermarket without even a thank you, and she is steaming. And she sees him in an aisle at the grocery store and in another aisle, and he's running, and he's in a hurry, and he's rude. And, oh, she wants to give him a piece of, his, of her mind. In fact, she rehearses what she's going to say to him. You ever do that? I'm going to tell him. That he's setting a terrible example for his kid. I'm going to ask him if, if he's always been a jerk. And so when she gets ready to check out the groceries, she prays. It's really a good thing to pray when you're angry. It's just hard. She prays. God, if you want me to say something to him, put him close to me. And God does. He's right next to the next register. And she walks right up to him and she says, Would you please forgive me for not letting you have your space in your, for your pickup truck? She can't believe the words that come out of her mouth. <laughs> and the man says, Oh, sorry, ma'am, I'm sorry too. I, if I was rude and he goes on to explain they had a baby at home and his wife usually does this he doesn't know what he's doing and she looks at him and he's overwhelmed he's looks like he hadn't slept and they have an exchange of care for each other now what happened there in the midst of the real ordinary stresses and strains of life when she was going to give him a piece of her mind, God's peace stepped into that life. God's peace spoke right through that woman. And she couldn't even figure out where those words came from, except they came directly from God. See, that's light shining in the darkness. You and I are in the midst of darkness. We've got darkness in us. We get angry. We get irritable. But we can choose. We choose whether we're going to let the light of God shine through us and come out of us or not. Stanley Hurst was one of those persons. He and Camilla, whew, saints of the church. Stanley passed away last Monday afternoon with ravages of cancer, 90 years of age. Remember, several of you knew Stanley. While he was doing all kinds of mission work throughout this church for decades, why um, Stanley, in his near 80 years of age, organized a men's trip to re-roof one of the buildings at Camp Galilee. When I told him there was no one that struggled with such dizziness as him that belonged on a roof, he looked like I, to me like I was out of space. and he wasn't, No one was going to keep him off the top of that roof. He built Maria's shack in 2005 here, which is a replica of the housing that many people live in, in the world. And why, through his interpretation and what we were able to do, we raised $50,000 in housing because of Maria's shack. Oh, Stanley Hurst, he was, he was one of those people that let the light of God shine through him. And just before 
he died about a couple days before Thanksgiving. He rallied and he got, his, he got up on his feet out of his bed and he hadn't hardly said any words for days. And he said, I want to pray. And he got the family around him in a circle. And Stanley prayed. What a legacy. What a life. But you know what impressed me the most about Stanley? He would come into my office a few different times over the years, back when the office was over in this place, and he would confess his sins to me. He would talk to me about his struggles. This godly man still had dark places. This godly man still had struggles. He said, Bob, pray for me. What a witness. Friends, there's darkness in us, and we need each other. We need to be real to each other. And we need to let the light of Christ be triumphant in our darkness. Susan and I saw the movie The Finest Hour hours recently on Netflix. It's a, a movie uh, tr based on a true story where a Coast Guard in 1952 off the coast of Massachusetts due to a northeaster goes out and rescues a boat, a, a, a ship, a crewman, where the ship literally has been torn in two. And out in the midst of a blizzard in a terrible situation, they're trying to find their way back to shore. And their loved ones and their family members are parked in their cars all along the seacoast. And they decide that they're going to light, turn on the headlights of their cars. And it's when those lights come on along the shoreline and the good faith that those rescuers and those that are being rescued are going to find their way home, why they see them. They see the lights on the shore. And they're able to find their way back to harbor because there's a community gathered with their lights on. Not facing inward, but facing outward into the darkness. And if I've ever seen an image of the church at its best, it's that. That we are, we are in our lights. We are shining forth the light of Christ. And we're not turned inward, we're turned outward. We're turned outward into a very dark world. And there are people out there that are lost. They've lost their way. They don't know how to find their way to shore. But Jesus Christ is the true light. Which gives light to everyone who comes into the world. He's the true light. He's the one that we're shining. And Jesus says to us, you know, he didn't just say, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's live as children of light. Let's face the reality of our darkness, the dark world, and the darkness inside of us. Let's 
confess our sins to each other and pray for each other that we might be healed. Let's trust the light of God and let's be the church. That's not a pious fellowship that pretends that we don't have problems. But let's be the church of Jesus Christ that lets our light shine. That other people might come home to God. Now today, in this Christmas and Advent season, we recognize that this is a tough time for many people. And yet it's an opportunity, isn't it? It's an opportunity for us to come to the light of Christ. And I want to invite you to this table today. And as we come to this table, there's an opportunity for us to, to really just come and face the darkness in our own life, face the darkness inside of us, confess our sins to God. So as you come to the table this morning, what I visualize is that you're, you're just, we're in silence for, for a little while. And in the silence, we're just making our own confession. But as you come to this table, you, you're coming and you're sharing in the bread, one loaf, one body in Christ. We're, we're sharing in this holy meal together. We recognize that Jesus redeemed us. He became broken for us that we might become whole. And we recognize that this Jesus poured out his life for us, that we might have life, and that life is the light of all people. And so as we share in this meal today, I hope you come confessing your sins, but I also hope you come to the healer and you invite Jesus to come and, and heal you and forgive you and restore you and strengthen you. And after you share in communion and you kneel at the table and there's gluten-free available for those who need that, if you're able, without the railing, go ahead and kneel around this area too. There will be people that are stationed in anointing with oil. And I invite you to receive the word of the anointing of God following your time of communion. As we experience the light of Jesus Christ in our life. And so, God, we, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us here and on these gifts of bread and wine. That they and us might be the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. Give us your peace. Give us your hope. Give us your life today. Help us to face our darkness. Help us to believe that the true light never, never is extinguished by the darkness. But your light is the light for everyone. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.